Lord, we thank you for life and for breath and for everything else. You've been so good to us. We thank you for your word that guides us, for your spirit who strengthens us, and for your grace to forgive us. We thank you for this community. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for this very moment. We thank you for the seasons of joy and laughter, and we thank you for sustaining us through the valleys and the darkness. In a world where so much is changing, we thank you for being a God who never changes. In a season when we're tempted to focus on what we don't have, help us to be thankful for what we do. May our thanksgivings always outnumber our complaints, and may our lives forever be marked by gratitude. So in every season, in every place, and in every heart, Lord, we thank you. This morning, I want us to join together in Psalm 92. You know if you've been with us for the past few weeks that we've been working through the, uh, the Psalms and seeing that they uh, speak to us in all seasons of life. And last week I told you that we were concluding the series in Psalms, and we did, but we're going to back up and do another psalm. Psalm 92 just speaks so perfectly to this day and to who we are as God's people that I wanted to share that with you. In Psalm 92, we're going to begin at verse 1, which reads, a psalm, a song for the Sabbath. Now, that's a title of the song, and it's the only psalm that has that title. In other words, out of all 150 psalms, there's only one that says specifically Y'all make sure and sing this one in church. A song for the Sabbath. And here is the song that we are to sing on Sabbath. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. To sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. You may be familiar with the name Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry wrote a famous commentary over the whole Bible, basically, and uh, it, it's, it's time-tested work. Um, he was a biblical scholar, from England. He wrote a journal from time to time, and one evening uh, there he wrote this journal entry 
that was very interesting because uh, people weren't aware of what happened that day until they read this journal entry. But apparently he was attacked by thieves who robbed him. And that evening he wrote these words in his diary. Let me be thankful. First, I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my purse, they didn't take my life. Third, although they took my all, it was not much. Fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. Isn't it interesting how we can find a way to be grateful regardless of our circumstances? As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, there are two times in which we are commanded to do just that, to be thankful regardless of our current circumstances. And we can learn to do that by retraining our minds and our focus. And this psalm helps us do that very thing. This psalm tells us that Thanksgiving is not just praying over the turkey or words of appreciation given once a year to appease God. But this psalm tells us it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. So I want us to, to look at it carefully together this morning. And we'll notice, first of all, that it's good to thank God. He says in verse 1, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Understand that it is good to give thanks. That does not mean that it's a good thing to do. In other words... He's not saying you can be a good little boy or a good little girl if you say thank you. Instead, this word good is the Hebrew word tov. It describes a quality. He's not saying it's a good thing to do, so be a good person and say thank you. He's saying there is a, there, there's good quality. There's something valuable in giving thanks. In Genesis chapter 1, God created the light, and then he created, he created all the plants, and he created the world. He split the waters. He, he, as, and each step along the way in his creation, at the end of each day, he looked over what he had done that day, and he said, that is tov. That's good. That's quality. That's valuable. And then he said, It's not tov. It's not good that man should be alone. So he created a helpmeet. He created woman. And when all was said and done, he looked over his entire creation, including humanity, and he said, now this is very good. It's that way that we use the word when the psalmist says it's good to thank God. We got to meet the kids last night at uh, Outback in Burleson, and I had a good steak. <laughs> we use the word not to mean, not to mean, you know, be on your best behavior, be a good little kid. It's, it speaks of a quality. You know, the Rangers wound up having a pretty good season, 
it's a good thing that Baylor football season is almost over. <laughs> it's, it's good to give thanks. The, it, this verse affirms a value of giving thanks. It means it's worth it. It's valuable. It's, it's meaningful. If you know me or you've been around for a while, you probably know that I am a, a Dr. Pepper addict. I'm a Dr. Pepper collector. I've been collecting Dr. Pepper stuff for almost 40 years. I just realized that this morning. But it all started with these two pieces. This is a calendar from the year I was born. And if you can't see the number, that's too bad. <laughs> this is a calendar from the bicentennial year, 1776. These were the first two items that I bought. Lisa and I were at Baylor. We had just started dating. We went to a flea market and I saw these two items, the calendar of my birth year and the calendar of the bicentennial year. And I thought, man, those would be cool to have. So I bought those two and it just never stopped. For the last almost 40 years, I've been buying junk. And what's interesting is some of the stuff I have has some value. Most of it doesn't have a whole lot of value. These two pieces would have had some value by now. Not a whole lot because calendars are just paper and they're easy and cheap to make and they're, 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 calendars never get real valuable. But these would have had some value because of their age. The only problem is I stored them in my closet for a while. And at that time we had a little church mouse. And the church mouse destroyed my calendars. Church mice might be quiet, but they're evil. <laughs> so now these calendars are absolutely worthless. Nobody would pay anything for them. But to me, they have great value. I can't go on eBay and sell these to any real collector. But to me, they're priceless. Because... That's the year I was born, bicentennial year. They represent important years in my life. They also represent the beginning of a lifelong hobby. But more than that, they remind me of Lisa because we had just started dating, hadn't been dating long, and we went together when I bought them. And so it includes her in, in that hobby, and it just when I see them, I think of her. To me, they're invaluable. So here's the question. Can you, like the psalmist, say, I have learned a great value, tov. I have learned the goodness of giving thanks. Or is it just kind of another run-of-the-mill holiday we eat, we watch ball, we take a nap. We get up, we eat some pie, we take a nap. Or have we learned like the psalmist 
this is good stuff. Man, this is valuable and meaningful to give thanks. The second thing that we learn from the text is that he deserves our thanks. Why should we give thanks? One, because it's good to do so. It's valuable and meaningful. Two, because he deserves our thanks. Look at verse 2. The reason I'm going to give thanks sums up verse 1. Now verse 2, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre. We're, in other words, we're going to gather and we're going to worship you with song and we're going to do it big. Why? Because we want to declare your steadfast love in the morning, your faithfulness at night. It speaks of who he is, steadfast and faithful. And it says you're always that way in the morning and at night. We can always depend on him. He is steadfast, faithful, morning, night. We can depend on him. Because we can depend on him, he provides for us. He deserves our thanks. Here it says... In verse 1, he said, I give thanks to the Lord. And you'll notice they're all caps. We talk about this often. That means it's his proper name. We give thanks to Yahweh, the Lord, Yahweh. Others might thank other gods, but we know the God. We give thanks to Yahweh. And then at the end of verse 1, we're reminded that he is El Elyon. He is most high. He is the God above all other gods, the Lord above all lords. He is Yahweh, and he deserves our thanks. It's only proper that we realize that all the good things we have come from him. When someone gives us a gift, it's only right and proper that we thank them for their generosity. And we owe God thanks because he's been so good to us. The Bible sums up the bounty of God for us in James chapter 1 at verse 17 when it reminds us that every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. No variation, no shadow of change. He is steadfast in the morning, faithful at night. Because of that, every good gift comes from him. So we give thanks because it's good to give thanks and because he deserves our thanks. And we give thanks, number three, because it makes us happier. It actually makes us happier when we learn to be grateful. Look at verse four. For you, Yahweh, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. See, when we learn to recognize what God has done for us and to be grateful for what God has done for us, it actually brings more joy in our lives. It, it, it just seems to work that way. The, the idea here is that as we consider God's goodness to us, our hearts just kind of well up with praise and thankfulness to the giver of all good things. With our words and our songs and our thoughts, we can find joy in thanking him. 
You know, I've, I've learned through the years that there are some people who are humbly grateful. And then I've also learned that there are some people who are grumbly hateful. Will you say this morning, I'm humbly grateful or grumbly hateful? Those who learn to be grateful wind up avoiding the grumpy. Giving thanks focuses us on our blessings instead of our losses. It shows us the reasons we have to rejoice instead of the excuses that we have to complain. Grateful people are generally happy. Ungrateful people are generally grumpy. By counting our blessings and naming them one by one, you remember that song? By counting our blessings and naming them one by one, we can't help but have a better outlook on life and find joy instead of sorrow. Psalm 28 and verse 7 reminds us that the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults and with my song I give thanks to him. Have you discovered the joy of expressing your thanks to God? My heart exults and my song, with my song I give thanks to him. Part of the joy of receiving a gift is telling others about it. Let me tell you what my God did. As you think of all that God has given you, as you think of all the things that he has, has provided for you that you didn't really deserve, does your heart well up with a thankful joy that shows on the outside? This is why it's good to give thanks to the Lord because he deserves it and because it makes us happier. And finally, the reason we give thanks is because we have so many reasons to be grateful. We give thanks because we have so much to be thankful for. If you and I were to take serious stock of our lives, we would have to admit I've got this problem and that issue and this something else, but look at all these blessings in my life. And we get to choose, will I focus on the short list of problems or will I focus on the exhaustive list of blessings, of the good things in life that come from a good God? You see verse 5, how great are your works, O Lord. How great are your works. We have so many reasons to be grateful the psalmist looked around him and he saw the birds, the trees, the flowers, the mountains, the sea. At night he saw the stars and the planets. He, he looked and saw the moon. The next morning he saw the sun. And he said, man, your works, God, your works are amazing. They're magnificent. How great are your works? But catch this, by the eighth grade, you and I knew more about those works than the psalmist did when he wrote those words, because you understand those 
dots that you see at night are actually huge. They are suns with, with their own systems surrounding them, making up vast universe. You understand that when you see that mountain, by eighth grade, you understood what it meant to, to make a mountain and how that happens over time and how incredible that creation really is. You and I have more reason to be grateful for God's works than even the psalmist because we have a deeper and a better and more vast understanding of it. You're aware that all that you enjoy in this life has come from him. Every raindrop is a jewel. Every sunrise is a reminder that he has given you a day for him to bless you. Every mouthful of food you enjoy, not only this Thursday, but every day, is given to you by God who cares about you. The God who holds all of creation together is the same God who holds you together. The world in which we live is so messed up. Life is so hard and so confusing that the only way we can say, I'm still, I'm still working forward and I still have joy and I have a positive attitude and I have hope, the only way that can happen is because God is holding us all together. You may not feel him, but he's the one who holds you in his arms through the night and wakes you up in the morning. Every day he blesses us, every day he takes care of us, and the opportunity to celebrate his goodness and to rejoice in him, even those are blessings. As you get ready to celebrate this wonderful time of Thanksgiving, is there, is there a song in your heart? Here the psalmist said, we're going to sing praises, verse 1. We're going to sing praises, verse 3. It says, the music of the instruments are going to, are going to help us. Verse 4, I sing for joy. Is there a, a song in your heart today as you think about how good God has been to you? Not just for the material things that he has showered on all of us, but is your heart full of thanks for the great gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. If God had not given you one single blessing this year, could your eyes still brim with tears and your heart still leap for joy at knowing that Jesus Christ is your Savior? You see, and, and, and I really need you to hear this. I really hope you'll hear this. This may have been one of the worst years of your life. I don't know. You may be going through a terrible time. Perhaps when you look at your list, it's hard to find reasons to say thank you. So let me give you one. Before you leave the room, you're going to have at least one reason to be grateful. And that is this. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now you've got a reason to say thank you.